Jesus said, if I go away, I will send him unto you, and I will abide with you. The role of the Holy Spirit is to turn our eyes upon Jesus. Today I want to talk about the urgency of the Holy Spirit. First, let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for the for the opportunity for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Father, in an age when so much passes for religion that is sham and pretense, so much passes for religion that is false and counterfeit. So, Father, we're so thankful today for the true manifestation of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the promise that the Holy Spirit is not something that we wait for in the future, that it is present for the church now, that we can claim that promise for the Spirit now, that we can open our hearts to receive the Spirit now. We pray that this study today will be life-changing for each one of us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Some time ago I heard a fascinating story. This woman called her insurance agent and she said, I would like to increase my insurance on my home. She said the coverage on my home. And she said, in fact, I would like to double it. And he said, well, I'll be happy to to help you. Uh, In fact, he said, I'll come over tomorrow and uh, we'll talk about changing your insurance policy. She said, no. She said, I want to do it now. I want to do it now. I have my credit card here and the numbers. I'll just give them to you. I'd like for this to be taken care of now. And uh, he said, look, there's certain papers you have to sign before this can be taken care of. And she wouldn't listen to him. She said, I want it done now. I want it done today, right now. After a while, he become a little irritated. And he said, look, he said, I told you. I will come to tomorrow. There's a lot, lot that you have to sign. There seems to be something you don't understand. She says, sir, there's something you don't understand. My house is on fire, and I want to do it now. You know, there's some things that we can wait on, but there's some things that needs to be done now. Some things you can postpone it till tomorrow, next week, or next month. But I believe that the receiving of the Holy Spirit is something that we cannot wait on. Florence, you remember Jessie Demery from the Hamilton Church. She had two two children, if you remember, they were grown, the, the son and a daughter. And uh, my wife, we were having breakfast on a Friday morning, and my wife said to me, Honey, Jessie said the next time you speak, she said, Herb wants to be there. And I said, well, I'm speaking tomorrow. I said, call uh, call Jesse after breakfast. We didn't finish breakfast. I got a phone call. And she said, Brother Glenn, would you do Herb? This is her uh, husband. She said, would you do Herb's funeral service? Herb reminded me of the the rich man I don't remember, Luke chapter 12, I think it is, started verse 16 to 21, that accumulated a lot of wealth, and he wanted to be a 
build bigger barns and sit back and take his ease. And Herb was pretty much like that. Herb was an auctioneer, and he auctioned off big farms. And this Saturday was a big day, his big day. But he thought he had all kinds of time, and when I retire, then I'll have time for the Lord. But he had the same, he had the same thoughts. Remember, the rich man died after he made those arrangements. Well, Herb died when he retired. And so the ministry, and I've known so many that I could share this same story with. But the ministry of the Holy Spirit is the ministry of Jesus Christ in our lives. So many people are so confused about about the Holy Spirit. Most do not understand if the Holy Spirit is a force or a person. If the Holy Spirit is a power that emanates from God or is the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit, a person, a member of the of the the, uh, the Godhead. If the Holy Spirit is a power that we we will likely try to take uh, to grasp this power and use it. I had a when I was literature work. I had a uh, a booth at the Hamilton County Fair Fair for Cincinnati, and. At the end, and had all of our literature there. At the end of the fair, we would we had a large family Bible, one of the nicest family Bibles. I've seen people from other persuasions agree with me on that. But anyway, in this, people that liked our material or liked more information, they'd fill out one of the cards and put it in the box. And at the end of that, we would draw a name out, and that name would. Re- uh, would win this family Bible. There was a lady that was approaching the booth, and she had a big picture of Jesus on it, and underneath it said, Jesus is Lord. Now, I collected about 350 names. <laughs> that was a lot of people to contact, but there was that many turned down, and, and uh, hers was one of them, and I said to my wife, I hope that she wins this Bible. Guess what? Out of the 350, she did. But I want to tell you, I was disappointed when I took it to her because she didn't care anything about that Bible. But she started telling me about this wonderful experience that she had. And uh, it was an experience she was had just received what she called the baptism of the Holy Spirit with influence of speaking in tongues. But anyway, she said, Glenn, this is awesome. This is awesome. She said, now, I'm going to pray that you receive this. She said, now, remember, it's not hard. Just pucker up your lips and start talking like a baby. Just bah, 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 and after a while, it'll come out. Well, you know, how can we use, and, and people like that, they're looking, how can we use this power? How can this force empower me? If the Holy Spirit is really the divine person of the Godhead, I'll be on my knees saying to Jesus, Oh, Jesus, fill me with thy spirit and use me through the spirit and by the spirit. So it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference in the world what you believe about the Holy Spirit. Bill Bright of Campus Crusade for Christ, 
was a good friend of our church. He, Mark Fenley was a good friend of Mark. And Mark Fenley and his wife was in his home just before, just before he died. And uh, Dr. Bright was telling him that Campus Crusade for Christ had, uh, had w- went out and done a survey of people from all different persuasions asking them about the Holy Spirit. And he said, to our amazement, 95% of them didn't know anything hardly about the Holy Spirit. He said, I am convinced that today's Christians, if they understood the Bible teaching about the Holy Spirit and received his power in their lives, that they would be, that they would experience an unprecedented joy joy and personal fulfillment in their life. And one more and more than that, the message verbally and uh, otherwise would sweep this world with the message of Christ. I believe that. Would you like to have would you like to have an experience with with God that is far closer than anything that you could ever imagine? Would you like to to, to receive Christ is supernatural power in your life to live a victorious life. Are your sins in your life that you, that you struggle with? Sins that just, just absolutely overwhelm you. I believe that the Holy Spirit could be your victory. Understanding the ministry of the Holy Spirit, I believe, is the answer to victory. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is always the answer to victory. Overcoming sin in our life is not clenching our fists and gritting our teeth and hoping that some magic formula of a physical stimulus that we, that we could count on. The devil's stronger than we, than we are. But friend, Jesus is stronger than the devil. Understanding the power of the Holy Spirit Dear hearts makes all the difference. Would you like to be, to be a powerful witness for Christ in these last days? Would you like to ask the Holy Spirit working in your life to enable you to tell others effectively about the great kingdom of God? Understanding the Holy Spirit, dear friends, makes all the difference. Understanding who the Holy Spirit is, and receiving him into your heart and into your life is a key, is a key to victory. The key to a fulfilled Christian life. And that's what this study is about today. So today I want to focus on who is, who the Holy Spirit is and how does the Holy Spirit work in our individual life. My favorite author in the book Gospel Workers, she said, it, she said, it is the Spirit of God that quickens the lifeless faculties of the soul to appreciate heavenly things and and uh, uh, to have the affections for truth of God's word. Friends, you wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. Now that statement is powerful on two accounts. First, it says that it is the Holy Spirit that quickens and makes alive the dead faculties of the human, of the, of the soul. You and I might not 
understand everything about the Holy Spirit. But we can open our hearts and minds to Jesus and say, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart with the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't necessarily depend upon your brilliance of your mind as it does in the receptivity of an open heart, of an open mind. If you think of the Holy Spirit as a force rather than a divine being, it is a human attempt to explain divine things, and that is contrary to God's Word. Today, I want to make clear who the Holy Spirit is and how to receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus' teaching on the Holy Spirit, I believe, is crystal clear. Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a divine person of the Godhead. Is the Father a divine person of the Godhead? Yes. Is the Son a divine person of the Godhead? Yes. Is the Holy Spirit real? Is the Son real? Is the Father real? Yes. Jesus himself, listen friends, Jesus himself never made the Holy Spirit less than the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit was never called it. It was always a personal pronoun. His He was always referred to as him. Jesus himself, in Ephesians 2.18, through him, Christ, we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. And throughout the Scripture, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit cooperate together to accomplish heaven's plan of redemption for mankind. Consistently through the Bible, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit consistently take the Bible, for example, at creation. Who created this world? Well, some people says the Father created this world. Some people said the, the Son created the world. And some people say the Holy Spirit created the world. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, In the beginning, what? God created the heavens and the earth. And the, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 18, says that in Christ, that we have, that, that through Christ, we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all working together. And the Bible says in Ephesians 3, God created all things through Jesus Christ. And in, and in Genesis 1, the Holy Spirit moved on the face of the earth, uh, the face of the deep. Who created the earth? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now think of when Jesus was being baptized. The Father said, This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. Then the Spirit of God came down upon him. There was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now I have a question. I have a question. Who raised Jesus from the dead? Who raised Jesus from the dead? 
did Jesus, didn't Jesus say, I'll lay down my life and I will raise it up again? That's in John 10, verse 18. But I'm a little confused. I'm a little confused. Here in my Bible, my Bible says in Romans 2 that he was raised by the Holy Spirit. And when, and when, uh, Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost, he said that the, that the, the Father raised him up. Jesus said, I lay down my life and I'll raise it up again. And then in Romans 2, 2 says that the Holy Spirit raised him up. And Peter, when he preached at Pentecost, he said that the Father raised him up. Well, what is the answer? They all work together in this wonderful plan of saving of mankind. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit cooperated to accomplish heaven's purposes in the plan of redemption. So the praise that we give to the Father, when we praise the Father, we're praising also the Son and the Holy Spirit. The openings of, uh, open of our hearts to the Holy Spirit occurs as the Spirit, the Holy Spirit works within us. So when you study Scripture, when you study Scripture in the Old Testament, the Old Testament, the Father takes center stage. And the New Testament, the Son takes center stage, Jesus. Until he went back to heaven and, the, and the, he sent his Holy Spirit down. And in this generation, the Holy Spirit takes center stage to witness to the Father and the Son. So our hearts are open to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Did you notice that in these this passage that there are three things that are mentioned? One, God loves. Two, Christ is, Christ is grace. And three, the communion of the Holy Spirit. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is is in the divine trinity that they work together. They work together. And today, it's the Holy Spirit that reveals Jesus to us. To us, It's the Holy Spirit uh, that talks about the love of God. It's the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells in our lives. Christianity is not gritting your teeth gritting your teeth and clenching your fists and saying, I'm going to make heaven if it kills me. Christianity is opening your heart simply to the Holy Spirit and letting Jesus do inside of you what you never dreamed that you could do for yourself. One one passage in the Bible, well, I think they're all saying that one of the versions says that it is to your advantage that I go away. But the other texts all said basically the same thing. The first and second person of the Godhead, the Father and the Son, take up residence in our heart through the third member of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. Jesus fills us with his personal presence. How? Through the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus said to his, to his disciples. Jesus fills us with his presence, with his personal presence through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to the disciples, "This there is something more important. There is something more important 
than my personal presence. That is the gift, the filling of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus said, I must go away. I'm going to, to leave this earth, but you will be enabled to have a more intimate, to more, to have a more intimate relationship with you, with me than if I were here. Through the indwelling Holy Spirit, than we could ever have in his presence. I don't, I, I often think how wonderful it would be to be with Jesus. If he walked in this door now and you know, I just sat down and I just uh, left it for him to speak encouraging words to me. But you know what? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I could have a deeper experience than if he was right here at my side with me. Through the indwelling Holy Spirit, we could, we could have a deeper, more personal experience. Notice Steps to Christ, page 74 or 75, at Pentecost. So Pentecost brought the presence of the Comforter, and when Christ had said, He shall be in you, and He had, Father, He said, It is expedient for me that I go away. The Comforter would not come unless I, unless I would go away. So the steps to Christ, quoting this passage uh, and statement from Jesus, henceforth through the Spirit, Christ was to abide continually in his, in his believers. He would provide continually. Through union with him was closer than when he was personally with us. The union of the, uh, the disciples with the Holy Spirit with him was closer than when he was personally with them. There is an advantage. There is an advantage that you maybe have not thought of. You may not have, maybe you have not received. You may have been living a Christian life, a Christian life with frustration and defeat. You may have been living a Christian life with casual experience not fully grasping or understanding or recognizing the Holy Spirit. That you can have a, friends, you can have a more intimate, uh, a more intimate relationship with Christ than you could ever even ever dream of. You know, I want to bring that personal presence of Christ through the Holy Spirit into my life. And he wants, he wants to bring us power. He, the Holy Spirit is our personal helper. And in the back of John 14, 16, notice what it says. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is our helper. Now that word in the Greek, in the Greek language is paraclete, paraclete. Now, now, what does that mean? It means one that comes alongside of, one that comes alongside of, uh, to give assistance, to give help. So when you are, when you are discouraged, the Holy Spirit, the divine comforter, he is the divine paraclete. He comes alongside of you, and he gives you courage. 
when you have failed again, again, and again, the Holy Spirit will come, the paraclete, the divine paraclete will come back and he'll give you new eyes that you can see. The Holy Spirit is a divine helper. Do you, do you need help today? Do you need hope? Do you need courage? Do you need peace? Do you need peace? We're not in this thing alone, friends. We're not in this thing alone. There is a death. There is a divine helper. There is Acts of the Apostles, the promise of the Holy Spirit is not limited. It's not limited to age or race. I had someone say to me about a month and a half, a couple of months ago, maybe. Said, Glenn, you still have it. Well, I didn't know I was supposed to lose it. I, because Christ has told me that he'd be, be with us as long as we, as we're here, he's going to be with us. That's his promise. The divine influence of his spirit was to be with us, will be with us and be our constant companion until the end. If the Holy Spirit is given to us, why are we, why are we so helpless? Why are we so powerless? You know, I believe, possibly, I think of our, the promise. This is a promise I claim every day. That's one of the first things of the morning is Luke eleven thirteen, Because he says, if those being evil know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more that I will give the Holy Spirit to, 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 to my children. Oh, friends, I think the, the situation today, why aren't we receiving the Holy Spirit? Are you asking for the Holy Spirit? Are you asking for that Holy Spirit? You know, I, I've come to believe, Aze uh, Tozer, a giant Christian of yesterday, had done this survey, and he said, I've come to the conclusion that most Christians do not understand anything about the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit, God wants to give us the Holy Spirit so much more than we want to receive it. You know, Jesus gives to us the Holy Spirit when we ask for it, when we ask for it. I want to share some things about the Holy Spirit and how it works. I was uh, a literature evangelist, and I was on the Ohio Conference. And we uh, meet, met every month, once a month, and we went over different programs of the church and how to face objections and how to lead people to Christ. I come home and I told my wife, I said, Honey, I believe, I don't know why we don't pray more. According to the Bible, I didn't understand the Holy Spirit, everything about it at the time. But I said, uh, Let's get on our knees. I was average. I was an average LE. I have one out of three was my record. That was average. We got on our knees, claim, taking God at his word, claiming his promise through the power of the Holy Spirit, laying our head on one of his promises. Well, I expected the next week or so that we'd start seeing things improved. I was not ready for what happened. It happened that day. Ninety percent. Ninety percent of every home I went into, they purchased their books. Ninety percent, and the conference sent my wife and I down to Cancun, Mexico on vacation. 
because of our high volume of cells. And I felt guilty because I knew that the Holy Spirit had done it all. I hadn't done anything. Someone reminded me, Glenn, that the Holy Spirit wants to do something for you. If God wants to do something for you, let him do something for you. And I and I agree. That's the Holy Spirit's choice. Danny, Daniel, I believe I've had a lot of pastors, but you're the only one that has the knowledge in computers that you have. Before you or I was ever even thought of on this earth, God knew about the program. God knew the pastor that we would need to set this up. And I just thank God that he's given me a little part to uh, to share a devotion twice a week. And I believe you told me that. Now, this is just one dollar prayer message, one devotion, 100 response, 100 response in just one. That's a part of the Holy Spirit. And I believe if we could receive the Holy Spirit and ask him for it, I believe we were talking about meetings and, and sometimes this fall. I believe these pews will be filled. I believe that because I know the God I serve. I know the Holy Spirit, what he's done in my life and what he wants to do in our life. Oh, friends, just ask him. Trust him. I can give you, he's shared with me so many times. I I don't know how I can put it in words, how much I love him, how much I trust him. And I realize each and every morning when I claim that promise, I claim it because I know that I will not understand God's word until I do. I know that I will not have a desire to pray until I receive that spirit. I know that it's the Holy Spirit working through us. And this generation that will finish this work. Listen, friends, we can use all the technology in the world, and it will not finish the work on this earth and what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Sweet Holy Spirit, Father, I've sensed the presence of that sweet Holy Spirit today. Thank you, Father, for the reality of that presence among us. And now we ask that you would go with us as we go to our homes, our places of abode, and may we constantly seek that wonderful experience that will give us unprecedented joy and power to witness for thee is our prayer in his name. Amen.